I want you to, there's your, here's your first homework. The scripture we're reading today is going to be Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Please turn there. And I just want to say that verse 17 is a verse all of us can learn. The littlest one in here, the oldest one in here can learn it. It's easy. It's, 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 it's applicationable. That isn't a word, I don't think, but it is. It says, whatever you do, indeed our word, do it in the name of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, and be thankful. Can everybody learn that this week? If you come up to me next Sunday and you tell me that verse, I'll give you... No. My wife's got the checkbook. I'm sorry. But please, there was an old song back in the 50s probably by Bing Crosby. I think others did it too. But here's a verse I thought was really good to jump into what it means to put on love. Listen to this. You've got to accentuate the positive. You've got to eliminate the negative latch on to the affirmative, and don't mess with me, excuse me, with Mr. In-Between. There's a lot in that. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be good. Okay, so we are off and running. First of all, Colossians is where we're at. And just to let you know, Colossians is the book written by the Apostle Paul around A.D. 61, just to give you a little background. First, Roman imprisonment. Christ is the theme and the periphery of the circle where Christian living is the center. That's my favorite buddy. Our pastor loves him, to quote him, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Yeah, baby. So let's read it. I want us to read it, and then we're going to break it down. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. This is out of the NASB. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. 14, in addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts. And what? Be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, not just what you choose, not just some of the good things, not the bad things, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. If you look at the comparison, the imagery of what it is in the NSA, NASB and then look at the NIV and the New Living Translation, you get a little different imagery in what it means to uh, put on. Think about it this way, guys. When we are cold, we put on a coat for warmth. When we have clothes that are soiled, we're probably going to take those off, and hopefully we take a shower, and then we put on new clothes. That, that imagery is to take off the old 
and put on the new. If you're like my wife, she has to remind me constantly to throw away something when it looks not very good anymore. You've got your usage out of that piece of clothing, Paul. It's, it's the imagery of putting the old self off and putting the new self on. But in the New Living Translation, it gives us the words clothe, which makes even more of a good imagery of clothing. So in verse 12, it says, So God chose you to be the holy people he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. You, you've got to make a choice. You've got to be the one to instigate wanting to be clothed with his righteousness. You've got to ask the Lord, Lord, let me get rid of this baggage, this stuff that I've carried around so I can put on the stuff you want me to carry so I can carry the weight of the world. See, you look at it in a different perspective, don't you? Tenderhearted mercy. Translation for that is compassion. Do you have any compassion for your brothers today, for your sisters, for people who don't know Christ? You got to have patience with them, guys. You got to have patience with us. Even in this house, there's there's conflict, there's there's bitterness, and and, and we've got to we've got to get to a point where we have to go to that person because we, as we read in Scripture. Forgiveness is a key to loving. I'd like to give you what putting on clothing or putting on Jesus really means. Put on love. Jesus is the epitome of love. He is the, he's love and so much more. I would like to use the uh, illustration of putting on again or clothing yourself. When you're cold, as I said, you put on a jacket so you can stay warm. Well, when you put on Jesus, in effect, you put on his attributes, his characteristics. The love of Jesus is a warmth that totally engulfs you. It just consumes you. It makes you feel like I don't care if it gets 30 below zero. Those fools out there trying to play football. I'm still warm because I have the warmth of Jesus in here. Oh, my gosh. You begin to show evidence of the attributes and characteristics. How do you commit? Or you may even wonder, how do you begin? Well, you surround yourself with other believers. That's, that's key. You can't do this on your own. It's not a solo trip. It's a trip for the whole family. You are family. The moment you say, I do, and I accept Jesus into my life, then your family increases in size by thousands, by hundreds of thousands, by millions. You look at things maybe a little bit differently. You begin to show evidence of those attributes, those characteristics. How do you commit or, or what? You surround yourself with others. You commit to consistently reading his word. Prayer is a way for you to communicate. You talk to your spouse. You talk to a friend. You talk to another loved one. You communicate with them. The people you love, the people you like to be around, you have constant communication with those people. 
It's no different with Jesus. If you talk to Jesus and get the right communication, guess how much better your communication is going to be amongst us? Isn't that beautiful? So not only prayer, but we need to know how to serve others. When we get out of our own comfort and we go out and we try to help someone else, we take our eyes off our own mess, we put them on somebody else's, and our problems all of a sudden are minimal, minimal compared to what we're looking at. I see a lot of people in this room today. I know what they're going through. I know it's tough. And I know what they've come through and what they're going through. And I have no answers for sometimes for some of my brothers and sisters that are going through pain. All I can tell them is cling on to Jesus' robe like you've never held on before. He will soothe, make the path available, make it bearable. He will never, ever drop you off and say, get off my robe. In fact, he will pick you up in his arms and he'll carry you. When you commit to the Lord, he comes bearing gifts. You may say, well, what? What kind of gifts do I get? Well, the first is the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct your walk. 365 days out of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whew, that's a lot. We all have the same time. We use it accordingly. Ask him to use that time in a way that draws you closer to him. Life doesn't stop and become any less difficult when you say, I do to Jesus. In fact, here's what does change. Your attitude, your heart starts to dwell on the things that he deems important and not the things of the world. Selfish ways become selfless ways. In Ephesians 6, we're reminded of the six pieces of armor, and they're all cinched together with prayer. How important are the six pieces of armor? We may think we can do this on our own, but I can guarantee it. We're in a spiritual battle. If we don't have those, that armor in place cinched together, and it's imperative that we put those pieces together and we sew them together with prayer. Because if we don't, if we leave a, a part of the armor out of place, uh, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. If we leave any one of those pieces out, that's where Satan is going to attack us. He's pretty smart, but he's not smarter than the God of the universe who created you, the one who loved you before you even came out of the womb, the one who he, even before you were created, he said, I love you. Doesn't he deserve a reciprocal type love? We pray in the spirit at all times. The main expression of his love, this is Pastor Michael, is demonstrated when we show forgiveness. Paul offers a strategy to help us live for God day by day. Number one, we're to imitate God's compassionate, forgiving attitude. That go back to verse 12 and 13. It says, 
We've been chosen by God. We have, we're to put on a heart of compassion. Why have we been chosen by God? Because we are believers. Once you trust in God and you say, I do, and you follow him and you start changing and transforming, that sanctification process starts, and then all of a sudden things slip off that I don't need anymore. It's like going camping and taking all the wrong things. It's not a good thing. But when you take the right materials when you go camping, it's a perfect thing because you have prepared. See, when we give our hearts to God, he is preparing them, not us preparing them. Verse 12 and 13, that's about the, uh, we're to imitate Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. Number two, we're to let love guide our lives. That's verse 14. And then in verse 15, we're to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And in verse 15, again, we're always, not just some of the times, we're supposed to always be thankful. Keep God's word in us at all times. That's verse 16. And finally, point number six is live as Jesus Christ's representative. Verse 17. That's a pretty simple description difficult to do at best. If you do not have a connection on a regular daily basis with the Lord, it's literally impossible to know what path you're supposed to take. It's just hard. Life is tough. Who did he choose and for what purpose? Well, he chose you. He grafted you into his family he started with a bunch of uh, dudes that were, and women that were his family because they were both Jewish heritage. And then he said, they're not listening very well. He fed them for 40 years. He, he, he gave shoes to walk that never wore out. He gave them food from heaven that fell in their lap. He brought them through the Red Sea. He did everything for you because he loves you. He never stopped, even though those arrogant people never accepted him as Lord and Savior. He's still after them today. He has grafted you, you into that same family. He's given you the same privileges that he gives every other Jewish person. He gives you the same opportunity. How beautiful is that? We're lost. He found us. He pulled us out of the muck and the mire. He cleaned us up. He took the old man and he put on the new man. He took an old woman and put the new woman that never will age. That's a good thing, right? Because when you get there, you are going to be crystal clear and clean and you won't have any stinky days. What a blessing. Putting on Jesus means making a lifestyle change. It means, oh, here's the way the message says it. Listen to this. Dress in the wardrobe God has picked out for you. Ooh. Deliberately put on the first thing each day, those seven qualities, and throw in prayer. And I'm guaranteeing, guys, your life will be different. More on verse 12. 
How are we to be dressed? We just said that. All those uh, key things, uh, humility, uh, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, gentleness, patience. I don't have any of those some days. In fact, I have a hard time even getting out of bed some days because my attitude's pretty bad before I even get out. I have to be reminded. My wife and I started a thing a number of years ago where we have our first waking hours even when we can't comprehend with the Lord. There's no better place to be, guys. Doesn't mean some days go any better. They're still tough. But we know that he takes care of the toughness that we need to be the element, to be the example that he wants us to be. Paul Tillich says this, the first duty of love is to listen. How well have you been listening lately? Do we listen to the Lord as we should? Do we listen for God's voice in everything you do, everything you, everywhere you go? He's the one that will keep you on track. That's Proverbs 3, 6. Pretty good wisdom there, isn't it? He'll keep you on the path that he has designed specifically for you. In verse 14, it says, clothe yourself with love. I don't know of any better imagery than to clothe me with the love of Jesus. If I put him on, then when I get on the phone call from ten, somebody from Timbuktu, I can relate to something they have for me to hear. If I can ask God to put me in a place that I will listen well, and I'm trying to do it better for my wife, that's the hardest thing to do with somebody you know. Because sometimes we already have it figured out before they give any words out of their mouth. We already have their sentences finished for them. We already have their what's best for them. What's best for them sometimes is just to have a shoulder that will listen well. Love is the crowning grace of humanity, the holiest right of the soul, the golden link which binds us to duty and truth, the redeeming principle that chiefly reconciles the heart to life and is prophetic of eternal good. That's a statement by Petriarch. That just has so much elegance in the ways that was said. It, you, everybody knows chapter 13, the love chapter. The one thing that I just want to point out about that Faith is important to believe. Hope is equally important because it keeps your faith going. But if you don't have love that binds it all together, it's going to unravel. It's going to unravel to the point where you're, you're struggling in quicksand. Verse 15 is also very important. Remember those shoes I told you you got to put on? The peace of the gospel. Wherever you walk, ask Jesus Christ to give you a message to, to be able to share with somebody and help it to be sometimes firm, but always loving. The love of Jesus is what we're to example, is our example that we're to model. But peace is something that 
I think we struggle with too. Peace that Christ provides through knowing him, his peace to rule this heart. Remember you see, heard in scripture where it says the heart is deceitfully wicked? Well, unless we turn over the, the reins of our heart to Jesus, how can we expect anything different? Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, I'm doing his devotional this year, morning and evening, but he says this, As long as a man is alive and out of hell, he cannot have any cause to complain. While you are here on this place, remember this, guys, God knew you before you were ever existed. You're here today. You don't think you have a reason for being here because somebody made you come or whatever. If you don't realize the importance of the understanding of how much your creator loves you, thank him that you have the next breath to be different than you were. Concentrate on counting your blessings and you'll have little time to count anything else. Martin Luther, uh, excuse me, Woodrow Kroll. Martin Luther said this, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Everything he gives you as a gift, everything he gives you as a blessing, he'll never retract those, those, those beautiful things. You walk with him, He's guaranteed he gave you all the promises that you can get out of Scripture. What a blessing to know that the promises stand for me. They stand for everybody in this room. They stand for people who don't even know him yet. That's one of the hardest ones for me to pray for is people who don't want to know God. And I'm commanded to do that. I'm praying for children that are running from God. But I... Know also that his promise is that my words, my, my prayer will never come back void. It may not be in my lifetime. That's not for me to, oh, got to stop now. Just keep going. Just keep going. Keep being the example. Keep trying to, to be a, a man or a woman of God by asking him to enter into you first, Bookends in the first of the day and thank him at the end of the day and all the things in between should be like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> One you really, really like, want to dig into. Whatever you do in verse 17, who are you doing it for? We are to be a representative of Jesus. There's a great acronym for love. It says, L should be, this is a great, uh, I think Mark uh, Reed gave me this. It's from Dennis uh, Waitley. It says, love. L stands for listening when another is speaking. Listen. O, overlook petty thoughts and forgive all failures. V, value other people for who they are. E, express love in practical ways. 
I'm going to tell you a story of forgiveness now. This is a tough one. It's happened a long time ago, but every day, if I think about this story, it wells up in my heart and it breaks my heart. My mother taught me to pray about everything, not to be afraid of anything, to remember to make all my requests, not some of them, but all of them known to God, and to forget, to not forget, to thank him for everything that's in my life. It's for a reason. It may not be what I understand it to be right now, but it's for a reason, and especially the blessings that we're not even aware of. How many times was your life saved because you didn't go down a street that a major car accident happened? How many times did something happen just by going right? My wife says, if you, go, if you think you should go right, Paul, you better go left every time. Because <laughs> I walk into a lot of accidents. My mother was a praying mother till the very end. I just, I think back now and I miss the heck out of her. Love is at the root of forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the fruits of love. The year was 2009, I believe, over the 4th of July weekend. I got a call in the middle of the night from my oldest brother, and it is a call I will never forget. Upon answering the call, these words that came out of his mouth, screaming, I have never heard any other conversation on a phone call. He said, Jennifer is dead. My niece, his daughter, had been killed. My heart broke as he continued to hysterically sob and try to talk. I don't remember much else about the conversation. The next thing I do remember is when Deborah and I got on a plane to go back to Arkansas to be with my family to help with the pain. But what I found is, is that, you know, there's a death is bad anytime. But a homicide is something that you don't think will ever happen in your family until it happens. It's just something that I had a hard time even connecting. My niece and her husband had been having issues in their marriage, but they were trying to work things out. Jennifer and Justin had three children. Caden one, Ben seven, and Aaron 11. Well, meth had become the drug of choice for Justin. The once quiet young man had become an absent, angry, and volatile fuse. Justin and Jennifer had been at a party with other friends, and late at night, they had left the party and were going home when things went bad. In the course of traveling on a country road, there was a fatal car accident in which Jennifer was injured, not sure exactly what happened, but Justin had taken meth, and he left Jennifer stranded all alone. Jennifer phoned a friend to ask for help, asked that nobody blame Justin, and in the process succumbed to her injuries and passed away. Justin was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison for pos- with possible parole after 25 years. In an instance, in an instant, the three children lost their mother and their father. My ex-sister-in-law is now raising those children. Immediately, our family was torn apart because everybody had an opinion. 
you can imagine. Angry was the number one thing that we all felt probably at a beautiful life gone before its time. She was a beautiful girl. Justin was sent to prison and alone. Several weeks, several weeks go by, and my mother began to correspond with him, writing him regularly, broken and alone. Justin gave his life to Jesus Christ. My mother was instrumental in his salvation experience. My two older brothers said they would never, never, ever forgive him. My mother got the three of us boys together, and she said, you have a choice. She said she needed a commitment from us. She would not be around much longer, and by the way, she is no longer here, but we were to continue to communicate with Justin and work out, listen to this, guys, work out whatever we needed to do so we could forgive him. She reminded us that we are commanded, not just a suggestion, to forgive because the Father had already forgiven us. Several months later, I had the opportunity to go see Justin in prison. The moment I saw him and talked with him, he always called me Mr. Paul. Immediately I could tell how sincere and heartbroken he was and that he had made mistakes that he wished he could live over again. Sin happens. Sin can be forgiven. Scars remain, guys. He told me how much correspondence with my mother had kept him alive and how she pushed him toward a relationship with the Father, and how her love had been instrumental in forgiving him. Fast forward. God wasn't through with my big brother, my oldest brother, the Father. Jim confessed his sin of forgiveness and started writing a daily devotional, which he now sends all over the country. His life has been completely transformed, and he has recently been ordained as a deacon in his church. He recently just got back from a mission trip to Guatemala. Everything in his life is now about serving the risen Savior and whatever time remains. He wants to encourage others to not let any opportunity go by without asking them the simple question, do you know Jesus? That's all we have to ask, God. You just let God work on that, matriculate in somebody's brain, in their heart, let them be the ones that are convicted and run to the Savior. You may be the opening for that. If you are bound in unforgiveness, ask the Lord to help you forgive. In fact, C.S. Lewis says, to love is to be vulnerable. You are open. You're opening yourself up to life, to messes. A love story of a different uh, ending result, which it's, this is a, you'll hopefully laugh with me and smile at the same time. This started in September of 1996. Won't take long before the person, <laughs> whew, person who knows what it's about. So most love stories start with something that has caused one person, if not both, to experience an attraction or a second look or maybe uh, a fascination of sorts. Mine is no different. More to that in just a moment. 
Growing up, I rode my bike, whichever one I had at the time, hand-me-downs everywhere. Uh, so early in life, I developed a passion for riding bikes. I also like to go really fast, which is kind of dangerous for me. But as a kid, I found joy in riding because there was freedom. As I grew older, I started to enjoy riding longer distances. Bikes changed over the years from hand-me-downs to a buzz bike with a banana seat and finally to a swin 10-speed. I thought I had gone to heaven when I got my 10-speed. <laughs> After that, I picked up uh, an interest in watching the Tour de France. I can't even say France, but France. In uh, 1996, prior to the Olympics, I financed my first bike. People thought I was stupid. I was. I went ahead and got it anyway. I was a GT, the same company that the U.S. used for the Olympic athletes. Several of my friends and myself had already been riding annually in the MS-150. MS-150 is multiple sclerosis is what you raised. It's a 150-mile ride over the course of the last weekend in September. Back to the love story. In 1996, those same friends who had encouraged me to ride again in the MS that year. It was my third annual starting in Kansas City. Each year, approximately three to 5,000 riders would participate. Like my two previous times, I would start with my friends but would get separated from them because I'm scattered and I'm all over the place and amongst uh, all the other riders. So it was no, no different. But today, was, there was no exception to that. But the person that I started up a conversation with just happened to be a lady and that conversation of a ride uh, together would last the whole day. Now, if I get any of these uh, facts wrong, you let me know, honey. In the process of the ride, there are stops strategically placed approximately every 10 miles to get hydration and nourishment. One conversation led to another. And before we knew it, we were 80 miles into the ride. It is at that moment that our lives were changed forever. The lady I was riding with, when I, she and I collided, and she took an awful spill, which resulted in her having to be transported to a local hospital. They thought she had a broken leg and probably a concussion. I was just thankful I didn't kill the lady. I went along as well for moral support and also concerned that she had broken her leg and that she had other issues. That lady became my wife some nine months later. And this year, she's still keeping hold of me. We'll celebrate 25 years of marriage. Neither of us were looking for a mate. In fact, Deborah was running as far as she could from a mate. I was too. But God had this unbelievable plan. And today, we testify about his amazing love. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Everybody knows the story of Gomer in the Bible with uh, Jose, just to let you know this. Basically, in a nutshell, Jose was a cool dude. He picks a wife. God tells him to pick a prostitute. That doesn't where the story ends. She comes, she marries him. Comes his wife for a while. He goes off with other guys. Comes back. He takes her back. 
I don't understand all that. But I do understand that God our Father, he loves us. His love is infinite and unconditional. His sorrow is great when we disobey his command and break his laws. He cannot condone our transgressions, but guess what? He loves us and wants us to return to him. So he's asking us to come back. Take off the old, put on the new. Take off the old, put on the new. Clothe yourselves with the the elements that I have for you, the attributes that I want to give you. Paul Tripp just says this, love is, this is good practical stuff. Love is being willing to have your life complicated by the needs and struggles of others without impatience or anger. Now I'm going to go to number five because this is really good. Love is self, is, excuse me, is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another that does not require reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. I want you to get all that. If we are followers of Jesus Christ and believe in the cross for salvation, then our words and actions and responses must be motivated by cruciform love. You may ask what that is. Love that shapes itself in the form of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cruci equals cross and form in the shape of. So what I've been trying to get you to see is in order to lead the life that God has designed and wants for you, you got to take off stuff. You got to put on stuff. You got to take off the lack of love so you can love. You got to take off judging so you can let God search your heart. You got to take off unforgiving spirit so you can get a forgiving spirit. You got to do like my brother Paul Herrera says you got to, in order to be humble, obedient and teachable in order to, in order to be hot for the lord you've got to be willing to allow him to change the innermost thoughts that you have so that the thoughts that are ranged in here the thoughts that come out here come out here and it's a beautiful sweet smelling aroma to god oh, man i want to repeat real quickly those six steps that i said to start with Paul offers a strategy to help us live for God day by day by imitating Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. Let love guide our lives. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Always be thankful. Keep God's word in you at all times. Memorize scripture if you can. Memorize that one scripture. It might be the scripture that keeps you out of the midst of a bunch of mess. And then when you are not in a mess, Praise him, praise him, praise him. The moment you open up the doorway, everything is praise the Lord. Choose each day to put on clothes with love. Choose it. The world needs to see love on display. Your instructions for next week. If I had to do part two of this sermon today, it would be about the instructions for Christian living. That's in Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. So I want you to do that in the coming weeks. Read that. I have a prayer. I don't know where the, the group is, but I want them to come back up here. I want to say it has been an honor and privileged to share the love of Jesus with you today. I want to lead you in prayer as the, as the guys come back up here. Where are they at, Bubba? 
I guess I'm supposed to give more of a warning, huh? So I'll pray real quick here. Everybody bow their head, please. Father God, as we conclude our time together today, would you please speak to the, that person here in person or maybe someone online that is wanting to make a deeper commitment and connection to you? All that you ask of us is simply to cry out to you, to allow you to come into our lives so that your transformation starts its process. If any of us will simply commit, that is, take that first step of letting go so that you can clothe us with your righteousness, you will be there to receive us. May humility rule the day, Lord, so that no one will leave your house alone and without love. You are ready, Lord, to equip us with the tools we need, hearts of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, so that we can go out and give people we come in contact with those things that are missing. Most of all, help us to put on love so that the peace of Christ rules in our hearts and thankfulness is reignited that may have gone cold. If someone needs to recommit today, Lord, or give their lives to you for the first time, Help them to take that first step of faith today. We will be here to receive them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. All of God's children said.